Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. My name is Aldo Gandia, and with me is Danny Shimon. I'm hoping uh, Tyler Ellis will be joining us a little later. It was ugly. It was expected. Uh, and I don't find this game at all uninteresting. There's really a lot of things to talk about. We can make comparisons between, you know, what a quarterback can do in this system, what Justin Fields can learn and so forth. We talk a little bit about those things uh, and in our halftime report, but we'll go over them now and, and look at the game completely. Danny, what are your immediate thoughts after the game? Well, first of all, it was a costly loss, uh, costly because of injuries. We lost Eddie Jackson, uh, don't know how long. Yeah. Donald Mooney went down, right? Uh, Riley Reef went down. And then his replacement, Larry Borum, went down towards the end of the game as well. Uh, and then also uh, uh, Chase Claypool uh, was seen, you know, grimacing after a catch and then then jogging gingerly on, on the sideline. So the, so the Bears come out of this game battered and bruised and um, – you know, it's it's another another big big deficit, right? Another big loss, thirty-one ten. It's it's just at this point right now, it's that's five in a row. Um, I mean, my expectations were low to be honest with you. Without Justin Fields playing, and 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 to be honest, I tweeted it out. And that, that second half, once the Jets went up by two scores, you could look and see the body language on this on the offensive players, maybe even the whole team. You just said, you just look and see like they knew they were done. Uh, they without Justin Fields playing, they weren't going to come back from this game, and they they kind of threw a towel in there at that point, especially on that, that Ty Johnson long run. You saw how many missed tackles there. So um, it was just one of those games where hopefully the Bears' injuries aren't as bad as we think they could be potentially. Uh, and some of these guys come back sooner rather than later. But, you know, Mooney and, and Eddie Jackson going down, those both look like they could be, you know, severe or, or, or long-term injuries, I should say. I, I, I don't know, oh, you know, how severe they are. But, uh, you know, th- that's my take right now. I was like, I, I didn't think they were going to win this game. And uh, I had an expectation for them to win this game. Uh, you know, first half, they, they kept it competitive. But again, the, right now, my, my concerns are, are those injuries of, of those, those starters. Yeah, and I tweeted out, uh, partly as a joke, but uh, also just to kind of get people's take on Justin Fields, is that there's not many NFL quarterbacks who could have helped the Bears win today's game. And part of the reason that I tweeted that out and, and, and asked people to weigh in in a poll was because of all the injuries that happened in game. I mean, even at the start of the game with the the issue of the starting quarterback suffering an oblique injury and then whether he was going to start or Peterman who was going to start, who, who truly has probably the worst statistics of any backup quarterback in an NFL team roster. Uh, so it started off with that weirdness. And as the game went on, as you mentioned, uh, player and player started to to fall down due to injury and some terrible, terrible playing conditions. No fault of uh, MetLife Stadium, but just the weather was really bad. But at the same time, you know, I saw I, 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 I agree with you that the offensive players and defensive players were shagging their, uh, their shoulders a little bit. But at the same time, I, I did see a lot of fight in this team, or at least with some of the players. Did you not see that? Well, I mean, and, and certain players, right. I mean, like players like, you know, that playing for their, you know, their NFL careers next year, you know, I, I did see some of that at all, but I mean, I just, I just, I, I didn't mean they quit on the, on the, on the coaching staff. I just meant like, like they knew that they knew that they were not going to win this game and they, they just were out there just kind of, you know, just competing, but they weren't out there to win the football game. And that, that that's what I meant by that. So, and hopefully I didn't come across like, like they quit. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that they quit. I mean, you know, guys like Jack Sanborn were, was all over the football field again. Once again, we talked about him at halftime. He had ten tackles at halftime. I think his numbers for the for the game he finished with what is it? 
15 tackles, you know, at, at the end of the game. So, um, you know, I think Jalen Jones, the, the corner, um, played, you know, played some some sparring football there, you know, filling in for the uh, the injured uh, Kyler Gordon. Um, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson to me came out, made some nice hits, some nice plays. Um, you know, there, there were some flashes of, of guys making some plays. But, again, what we talked about it all year, right, no pass rush. You know, the, the, you know, I tweeted earlier, you know, what's the, the, the best cure for, for an ailing offense is this Bears defense. And, you know, just unimaginative, you know, playing vanilla coverages by Allen Williams, you know, not taking a risk and a chance. You know, you're getting beat anyway. Might as well just bring some pressure on a guy that hadn't started in almost a year. And Mike White, you know, you know, he, he was going to probably be nervous starting off and just just bring some blitzes, bring something and do something to kind of get this guy off his off his game early on, and, and instead you let the you know the offense kind of you know uh, run down the football field, making short, quick passes, getting his get him in, in rhythm, getting some confidence, and the, and the Jets just basically blew up on you in terms of you know what they put up stats wise on you. So again, it's it's I, it, this defense is something that I really really was growing tired of back when the Lovey days, and the fact that they Eberflus is a disciple of this four three defense really was not a selling point for me. The only thing that I kind of, uh, you know, had a glimpse of, of of hope there was, you know, all the talk out of England, Indianapolis was that this kid or, or Eberflus, I should say, kid, this coach brought some different kinds of, you know, some nuances to this defense. He added some wrinkles to the defense. He brought some different kind of pressure. He disguised more, and m- maybe it's just a lack of talent. Maybe it's because he's playing a lot of young guys. He doesn't want to get too creative, too. But I mean, you're getting, you know, gushed week in and week out by, by bad offenses, in my opinion, and you can't stop anybody. And the thing is, you know, it's like, let's get creative. Let, let, let's, let's see what you got there and do something where you can at least be competitive. You know, this game could be a wash, right? If Justin Fields isn't playing, you weren't going to score 30 points, but the last, you know, four or five games, you've been averaging about 30 points a game and you can't stop anybody. Right. And that's the thing is it's something that it's really, this, this defensive staff is really something I, I'm going to put under the microscope. Obviously, next year is going to be a whole different roster, influence of talent. But you know, it's, I still have my eye on this on this defensive staff and see what they can do. But I mean, right now it's just plain vanilla, and it's it's easy clicking. Again, if you're an offense that's struggling, come play the Bears, and you'll get better in a hurry. I was actually going to start the show with this thought, uh, and then Joseph uh, uh, posted this. He he asked, "What's the joy over a high draft pick? It's only 50-50. The pick is good enough to make any impact in the NFL." And respectfully, Joseph, I disagree. When if you got that second pick overall in the draft, well, first of all, I, I think there there could be some guys with higher percentages of making it into the NFL and playing at a high level, and even if you're picking seventh or eighth or ninth. But if you're picking number two. You are going to get a premier pass rusher in the kid from Alabama. Am I not right, uh, Danny? Uh, if, if it's not him, I, I, I still have some doubts in terms of him being an ideal fit for this defense, but that's going to be something that we're going to break down uh, thoroughly in the offseason. My, my thing with the number two pick is you might get a haul of draft picks that's from a team that's going to be desperate for a quarterback, and it's going to come up and, and give you – two number ones or three number ones and, and so on and so forth. And then that way you can maybe drop down and, and get a lot of capital to help rebuild this roster. Remember, you know, but, but if you say you stay there, although at number two, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, my, my top guy right now, number two, it just, again, we're early on in the season. We haven't even started the whole draft process yet, but it, it'll be Jalen Carter, the, the three, the three technique from, from Georgia. That's the guy you plug into the middle of this damn defense 
and you let him create havoc. And I think he's being actually held back at Georgia. I think he's going to be a more disruptive player in the NFL when he's let loose and allowed to go ahead and get up into those gaps and get into the backfield. So, you know, if we stay at number two, uh, that's the guy I'm targeting here. Again, early on in the process, but Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, three technique from, from Georgia is a guy I want. Uh, but if you're going to, if you're going to stay there and again, you're going to have teams that are going to come up and try and get on some of these quarterbacks. And, and again, you can just, you can just rake them over the coals. If you're Ryan Poles and company, and you can set your franchise up for, for years to come with, with some of the draft capital you're going to get back. And I'm with you on that. I mean, that's the guy I'm targeting in the NFL draft. And so if you've got the second overall pick, which is if the Panthers go on to lose, that's where the bears would move up to. Currently, of course, there's still a lot more football to play. But if you've got that second overall pick, then you could potentially look at making a a deal that would drop you three, four uh, slots and you can still get Carter and then you can get some additional picks. That's why that second overall pick is so huge. It is uh, not only that, but you could if you if you wanted to take a different route other than to draft and develop that second overall pick could bring you some interesting, some really intriguing young professionals, young uh, guys in the NFL that could help your team immediately. So there's that option, too. I, I mean, Right now, unfortunately, because the way I feel about the Chicago Bears team, I know that, you know, we're not going to get many more victories if we even get one. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the draft already. I'm looking forward to free agency. So uh, I I think that's what all of us fans, Danny, uh, have to look forward to is what's going to happen in the postseason and then look at these games for individual performance so that we can make the determination who's going to move forward with this team in 2023 and beyond. Am I wrong to look at it that way? Yes, that was my mindset coming in, although you you and I have talked about it. You know, it it was just the development of Justin Fields and then wins and losses were secondary to me. Now, if you you develop, if you find out and you answer all your questions about Justin Fields, and again, some had questions, I didn't, but you know, if, if those are all answered, if that's your quarterback and that's that's the way it's trending right now and you have a, a top two or top three pick, it's even better because now you can just – and all that cap space, you can kind of build on this roster, build – and again, wins and losses are something that a lot of fans are going to hold on to. You know, I, you know, yes, it would be nice to win but and also develop at the same time. But, you know, in and, and and this NFL right now, the way that the roster was set up coming into the season, you knew Ryan Poles and company was, was just trying to set that that tempo in terms of the, the mindset, the culture of what they want to build in this, on this team. And then they're going to add on this upcoming offseason. And I think that's that's been my mindset, yours, I believe, as well. Although, and a lot of our listeners is that, you know, this offseason is I'm where sorry, this go ahead. team was. Yeah, that's often what was where this team was, was you know, targeting to to go ahead and, and build this roster. So, you know, they, these these losses are going to be, you know, they made a great point today on the broadcast. The Jets last week, last year, were 4-12 and under Robert Salah's oh. first year. And they went into the offseason. They got free agent. They, they have been in draft. And they're seven and four now, trending towards a playoff spot. So I think that's that's the kind of the 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 model, if you will, that, that these I think the Bears and Ryan Poles are following right now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get let's talk a little bit more about the game itself today. So the Bears are in it at the half. What happened in the third quarter that it things like quickly got away? The Bears go out there on offense. There, it's three and out, and then uh, the Jets come out on their first series. If I recall correctly, they take it downfield and score. But was there? It, it, it was this more because 
players just started dropping like flies on the Bears defensive roster or or was there more to this? Is it just that the Jets have a better roster and that's why we're losing to teams like the Jets and the Lions? Well, the Jets have a better roster town-wise, and I think that's that was something that, that was going to be um, the outcome for me. It was at least for, you know, already for, you know, forgiven in terms of what they were going to do. But however, talking about the halftime, you know, what happens when we talked about it, you know, they, they kind of got behind the chains a couple times. There were a couple of, of, of negative plays on offense. They had uh, Simeon now drop back and try and get some uh, plays downfield. What happened? Pass protection broke down. The Jets defensive uh, guys got to, got to Simeon, sacked him. Uh, there was a couple of breakdowns in terms of, you know, there was a, uh, a, a, a defender sent Scott free Borum didn't pick him up. He sacked uh, Trevor Simeon there as well. And then, then the injuries, you know, we talked about, you know, Darnell Mooney going down and then when, and they also on that big play to touchdown to Garrett Wilson, that's the one where it looked like Eddie Jackson had a play either on the ball or at Wilson. So worst case scenario, it would just be a nice big first down, but Jackson got hurt. Next thing you know, he fought, you know, he and then Wilson got free uh, running to the end zone. That kind of broke, you know, the tie there because it went from a one-score game to a two-score game, and from right there, you knew it was pretty much, it was pretty much downhill from there. I think Tyler Ellis is ready to join us. Tyler, how you doing, brother? I am doing well. The draft position continues to be great. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, and for me, Tyler, just just kind of bouncing off that. I mean, it, it was just something where where the Bears, you know, unfortunately, after a while, there's just you know, body stopped falling, you know, dropping. You know, like I said, Eddie Jackson, that, that play got hurt. I'm not sure. I think he was going to go ahead and make a play either on the ball or on Garrett Wilson to possibly stop that long touchdown, you know, uh, strike. Once it became two scores, I don't know if you noticed. Well, unfortunately, you weren't able to watch the game. But just from my point of view, it just looked like the Bears players on offense just kind of dropped their shoulders. And not that they quit on Matt Eberflus and the staff, but it just felt like they had an idea. Like down two scores without Justin Fields, it was going to be hard for them to come back and win this game. That's how I kind of read it, you know, uh, midway through that third quarter. So I understand you, you didn't actually watch the game, but I don't know if they. But no, I, I mean, when I finally got the video, it was still another language. But from what I saw, it was just like we did. There was no follow through, in my opinion, Danny. There was no there was no follow through in terms of like, let's do it for the guys not playing. I mean, we saw the Jets. They didn't have that wasn't their starting quarterback. That wasn't even their second string. And but they still they still rallied. Um, it's because like they like Mike, that guy better. <laughs> that's what it looks like, Danny. Because but at, the, at the same time, you saw that guy come in and he didn't plan the he didn't game manage. He let it rip. Like yeah. and and but then you look at Garrett Wilson had one of his best games in a couple weeks. And so and but then at the same at the same time, I know Claypool only had two catches, but that was still he still led us in receiving yards. Those are still, those, I mean I like to see somebody come in and getting our impact players involved. No slight to Justin, but I think it's always good for 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 Justin or our starting quarterback to see another perspective. Hey, where is he going with the ball? What does he see? It still wasn't under. It still was like kind of lackluster. I mean, you saw that pick, but at the same time, Eddie Jackson, Danny, that pick six could have changed everything earlier on. If they if he were to hold on to that ball, and yeah. I, I potentially saw a pick six where he, Eddie Jackson closing speed on the passing lane was pretty exciting to me to see Eddie still moving the way he's moving. Yeah, with, with yeah, with, with Jackson going down, that, that was tough. That's another veteran, another captain. You know, you take away Roquan Smith, you take away, you know, Robert Quinn from this defense. Now you take away Eddie Jackson, you take away a lot of, you know, take away three captains, you take away a lot of leadership there. So that was that was tough for them as well. But uh yeah, and in terms of the first half, what, what I did like and something Aldo and I touched upon on halftime were 
Well, things that, uh, that uh, Justin could look at with Trevor was just the fact that he was getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He wasn't touched in that first half. It was a pretty clean first half. It was a lot of quick hitting plays, and he was trusting his guys like Claypool and even Pringle to a certain extent where, where he threw the ball. They weren't open, but he gave him a one-on-one opportunity to make a play in the football. That's some, those are things I want Justin to kind of take from that part of it where, you know, it, you know get the ball out of your hands, make your reach pre, you know, pre-snap, and then post-snap, get rid of the ball quickly. Also, if you have your guys one-on-one on the outside, whether it's Claypool, Mooney, Komet, you know, Pringle, you know, just give them opportunity. You know, wide, you know, open in the NFL is not open like Ohio State open, right? So, you, you know, it might be a, a, an inch, might be a half an inch. It might be, it just give your guy ball placement is key here. Put the ball in an area where your guy can only make a play in football. I think Simeon did that in the first half. Unfortunately, second half where they had to drop back a little bit more, you know, let more of those longer routes develop downfield. You saw the offensive line not hold up, and you saw the Jets then get to Simeon, and now the, the Bears are third and long, second and long. I think that from there, it was it was downhill. I mean, we're talking about a team that's trying to win their division. We're talking about a team that's not afraid of the Buffalo Bills. Like, they're second in their division. Like, I mean, they're batting with Miami and everything like that. But, like, give the Jets props. Like, nobody had them picked for where they, how they're performing right now. And that front seven is ferocious. And um, at the same time, we see Roquan. I see, I'm in Baltimore. I see Roquan Smith, and they are loving Roquan Smith over here. Like he 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 is a, he is a bright spot on that Ravens defense. He's a good player, and yeah, so, he's a good player. And so, but at the end of the day, we have to be we have to be we're, we have to be real for where we're at. Like we we've been Danny, we've been gutted. You know what I mean? Like you said, when you, when we lose our defensive captain, like that was it, Eddie Eddie Jackson. And so, but you may go to Jaden Johnson, who I think played well. Um, but I didn't see I didn't see or hear the second half adjustments that we would normally make. But at the same, at some point in time, it comes down to some talent. It comes down to talent at some point in time in the game. Um, but you would just think we would have kept working hard, Danny, in terms of being like being in position. That's what this coaching staff talks about, putting players in position. I feel like this coaching staff can get a lot out of second tier, third tier guys. And so it was, it was, it was kind of where this, I mean, we saw Wilson go off at 90 something, some, some yards. But bro, did you see how they ran the ball? They ran the ball with so many different players, and and they just it, it just seems like it seems like they're celebrating a complete game plan when we didn't really we 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 were like we didn't really show much outside of like that we're still our backups are still kind of mediocre in my opinion. Well, I don't know if you saw, you've caught the first half of this the post game show, but I I came on here saying like like I I'm not a big fan. I, I was tired of see if this this cover. F- Two defenses, this this you know Lovey Smith defense back from Lovey Smith was here. I, I was tired of it. I was done with it. The NFL is caught up to it. They know how to beat it. Uh, so when when they when Eberflus was brought in, being a, a disciple of that defensive front, I was not a happy camper. The sure. only thing the only thing I was holding on to was the fact that they, they said coming out of Minneapolis that he he alters his stuff. You know, he he disguises more stuff. He brings more pressure. He may, plays more more man to man. And so far, you know, to me with Allen Williams, it's, it's a very plain vanilla coverages, no, not, not, nothing exotic up front. You're not bringing pressure. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting to your uh, to opposing quarterback with your front four. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been out here saying blitz, do things. You're getting beat anyway. Mm-hmm. You're sitting back in coverage. You're getting beat. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting up alive. Just, mm-hmm. you know, go down swinging. At least go down swinging. And uh, Allen Williams has done nothing to impress me so far. Now, I, I will step back and say, you're right. You know what? I'll give him a year. You know, the talent on this, on this defense is not what it's going to be, you know, going on in the future. So maybe then it's when we'll see some more exotic stuff. Then we'll see maybe see some more stuff that we have been told to expect with Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams. So 
But right now, the, the defensive staff is is really on alert for my part. I I got a keen eye on them. I want to see how these guys, young guys develop, and I want to see once they have talent next year, how they actually utilize it. And then, Danny, to that to that point, this coaching staff is asked to come in here and just be positive. This coaching staff is asked to just play who you got. And so you get the job and you got a couple of pro bowlers. You got a, a, a Robert Quinn who just had record numbers. You have all this stuff. And each week, each week, somebody's being taken out the equation. The zone is great when you have, when you have, um, when you have, when you can get through, when you can win your one-on-ones. Even Lovey Smith, like we got home with that front four. Like when you don't get home with the front four, you're going to get shredded up. And that's what happens. And it's weird because I like to see, I want to see Jalen Johnson on man coverage because Yo, Danny, Jaden Johnson on man coverage, send the blitz. <laughs> like, it, be, like it, just, it just makes sense, in my opinion. Like, why aren't we blitzing? And so it goes back to, like, these coaches just doing the best they can with what they have, and they're just being asked to. That's why all the coaches, some of them aren't being graded in terms of, like, how are they getting these – they're developing younger guys, even in fire. Uh, that's why J2K's comment here uh, makes a lot of sense to me. He says, Williams is calling a simple game plan because he has no pass rush and secondary is injured. He's not promoting what Williams is doing. It's just that w- we need to wait and see. And that's what this whole season is about. That's what we, what we started talking about at the beginning of the show. We've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's very, very difficult to make a determination as to where – this team is at with its offense, with its defense, with its schemes, because the talent is so putrid. We've got to give all of these signal callers, all of the GMs and, and administrative office people, we've got to give them an offseason to really prove whether we should give them a thumbs up or thumbs down. Anybody ag- agree or disagree with that? No, and I, I and I said that that's I I will give them a season, but it, it to the point where your offense is averaging thirty points a game the last four or five games. You all you need is a stop or two here and, and, and give up only 21 or 24 points. Be exotic. I mean, you're getting beaten. Like I keep saying this, and I feel like I'm a broken record, guys. I'm sorry about that. But it's you're getting beaten sitting back in coverage and being vanilla. Get beaten, then being aggressive. Bring defenders, bring a cover zero time and time, you know, time here and time there. Pick your spots, you know, and bring pressure on these quarterbacks. I mean, Mike White came off, you know, shook off the cobwebs of not playing for a year. And lo and behold, he, he goes and he shreds the, the Bears' defense. I mean, it's it's just I understand the talent's not there. I understand injuries, but at, at that point, where now you have to kind of get creative and exotic as a, as a defensive coordinator and bring some pressure to give your offense a chance to pull out victories. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah, I, I agree, with Danny. I agree with you, and I agree with that last comment, Aldo, for sure. I mean, I'm not I'm not judging any I'm not judging any coaching staff. In terms of like negativity, everybody should come back next year. But um, the GM made some bold decisions during the course of the season, and our coaching staff had to adjust. That being said, it's when you get these opportunities, you finally see what you really have. And unfortunately, we just don't have those hitting gems as I thought we would have. Because that's what normally happens. This guy just shredded us for like 300 yards. Like you said, Dan hasn't started in over a year. He was super efficient. But that's what I'm talking about. When guys finally get that opportunity to start, I thought Trevor, I thought Gibson would do more with these opportunities. That's what I per- that's what I personally thought. Let's let's hear, let's listen to our head coach. Thought he was throwing the ball really nice. Uh, took you know took a lot of the checkdowns there. Obviously the pass to Pringle was really nice. I mean uh, him coming down with that catch. Um, you know, and then defensively, the first series, 
Obviously, we had that third and seven down there in the red zone. When we had that nice third down uh, situation on there, we just had to perform better on there. Uh, we ended up getting called for a penalty on that one, and they scored anyway. But uh, um, three and out on the next possession by the defense, which I thought was nice, and it gave us a chance to stay in the game there, at, you know, during halftime there. So ended up being uh, – we were, I think we were up at some point at 10 to 7, which we were, and then ended up 17 to 10 at half. Um, obviously, the second half wasn't good enough, you know, for either side of the ball. You know, it wasn't good enough. Uh, there's no excuses, no explanations. Um, just wasn't good enough. And uh, I told the guys in the locker room, we, we're better than that. We got to do a better job and perform better um, in the second half. And that's all phases. Um, obviously, we sustained a lot of injuries uh, during the course of this day. I'm not going to comment on those because I don't know much uh, right now. But obviously, when we lose that many guys in one day, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, something that we got to address uh, going forward here as we go. But uh, with that, I'll open up to questions. Could you take us through the process with uh, Trevor starting, then not, and then the game plan decision? Yeah, so uh, during pregame warm-up, you know, Trevor was out there, and I think it might have been before that. Uh, you had to ask him, but he ended up straining his oblique, you know. Um, so, obviously, when you're a passer, you know, that that's, that's obviously a big issue to throw the ball down the field. So, he came in and got some medication, thought it was going to be okay, and then it ended up, as he went through pregame warm-up, okay, came back in, he felt like he was performing very well. Um, so, um, and Nate was ready to go at the whole time. So Nate was made aware of that. He was ready to go at, at the same time too. So that's where it is. With the, with the way things trended this week, do you anticipate Justin's playing next week? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, and you know, we, we think that he's getting better, um, you know, every single day. He felt better every single day. Just at the game time today, he wasn't ready to go to perform and protect himself. Um, you know, I suspect we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think we're going to leave it day to day. And uh, we'll decide one day at a time. If he keeps progressing, then he's got an opportunity to do so. How did you think Trevor handled the whole uncertainty of the week? And yeah, I, I thought he, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. You know, um, obviously coming out there and really operating the offense uh, the way we expected him to those first couple of drives that we it's really uh, it's really a good sign um, that he was ready. He was ready to go. Uh, Luke did a nice job preparing him to get ready to go, and uh, yeah, he did good. Coach, as the losses mount and now the injuries begin to mount, yeah. is there anything specifically that you can think of that come to mind or something you can harken back on from your past to try to help you guys get through this moment? I mean, mentally, emotionally, more so than physically on the field, like just yeah. to keep the morale up, to keep the competitive juices flowing. Is that just an individual each man has to do it for themselves or is there something that needs to be done to keep this thing rolling? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to execution. You know, you know it comes down to, like you said, the individual man. You know, having, you know, we have men of character in the, in the locker room, which is, you know, which they, they've been battling the whole way. And we're going to continue to rely on that for sure. And then uh, when it comes down to, you know, daily practice and daily habits, you know, what are you doing every single day to get better? Um, and then you have to rely on that and the leadership in the locker room, the leadership of the coaches, and just do it that way. Not the uncertainty about quarterback, whether it was Justin or Trevor or Nathan. How did you guys manage that in a couple hours before the game? Uh, just communication. Just talking to each other and say, hey, this is what happened, you know, during warm-ups. And this is what we can, you know, with medication, we could potentially, you know, be okay with this. And just kind of work it from there. Just communicate all the way around. How did that happen to you as an assistant? Uh, anywhere where the quarterback gets hurt during warm-ups and you've already got somebody inactive? Uh, no, that has not happened. 
You guys have been pretty competitive most of the year. The second half, things kind of got away from you. What, what bothers you most about about the way the second half unfolded? Yeah, that's. I was I was already saying that before. I was just saying that you know the first half was competitive. You know we're in it. You know I thought our offense did a good job driving the ball a couple of times versus a very good defense. You know we had had a three and out. You know did a nice job. We end up you know they drove the ball but missed a field goal. Um, so I thought we were very competitive there. Um, and the second half just wasn't good enough. You know, it wasn't good enough. We didn't tackle well enough on defense. Didn't play good enough third down defense. Uh, obviously, we had a bunch of three or four and outs on offense. Um, you know, we, we uh, mounted the drive there when we had a two-minute drive going there a little bit. But uh, at that point, when you're down by 21, you're going to go for it pretty much on every – because you're out of possessions. And we did that. You know, we end up getting a couple, one or two of them and not getting another one. So uh, we just got to operate better. And, uh, doesn't like this turf. Uh, what do you think of it? Do you think it had anything to do with that? Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. I know the union, you know, has their own opinions on things. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I'm coaching the football team and this is what the turf is out there. We got to play on it. Not specifically on their injuries, but when leaders like Eddie and Darnell go down, how tough is that to overcome? No, yeah, whenever you have somebody go down, you know, that's a good player. Both those guys are really good players. Uh, number one, you know, Eddie's been a really good player for us this year. Darnell is our leading receiver, and he's done a great job. Uh, when you lose the production of those guys, number one, that always hurts, and then also the leadership part of it. Those guys have been great in the locker room. They're great teammates. Uh, you know, they really are encouraging to others. And they really are model the behavior we wish to see. So they're good. Give me if this was asked at the very beginning. Was just how close was Justin? Was he to being able to play? Well, we you know we had him warm up a little bit you know prior to prior to the we called him inactive. But uh, you know we'll see where it is. You know we'll see where it is. You know the the medical staff didn't clear him to play today. You know uh, Justin didn't feel that that way he could protect himself you know, and perform the way he wanted to perform. You know, it's about mobility and strength, you know, in his left arm. And, uh, you know, and we'll just take it day by day. Of the three things that he had to check off, he was, it was 0 for 3 on the 3? Yeah, it was 0 for 3, yep. So when they continue to present themselves, these young players getting these opportunities, what do you think about Darren's and Evans' performance today? That was good. You know, it was good. You know, I think he had, uh, you know, uh, 3.8 per carry, I believe, and he had that one catch, you know, the 133-yarder, I believe. So um, it was good. It was great for him to get that opportunity. I thought he performed well. It's going to be important to kind of get some, some more of these guys, opportunities, these younger guys, as the season kind of rounds itself out to, to just to make sure about what you may or may not have for next year. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with you know based on injury and who we got to slide in, next man up mentality, I think some guys will get the opportunity for sure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Tyler, I, I, I'm sorry. I was going to ask Tyler a question. Uh, Tyler, I saw you nodding your head when he was talking about men need to step up and, and, and so forth. Uh, I know that made an impression on you, right, Tyler? Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, bruh. I'm like, bruh. That's, you should have wow. said that crap before the game started. Before the game started. Exactly. I know you guys hear some. Um, here we go. Uh, I'm sorry, we got Trevor Simeon at the podium. Let's listen to a little. Uh, figured something wasn't right again, but gave it a go. And uh, yeah, that was that. You get a shot to calm it down. And... Uh, no, I don't, I don't think you shoot your ribs. Uh, but no, I didn't get a shot. Just in Madison. Yeah. How much should it bother you throughout the game? A little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm more embarrassed 
you get an injury. I got guys in there that are playing, what are we, week 12, 13, going through hell. Uh, and I have, like, a non-contact thing show up. So, uh, yeah, not ideal, but everybody's going through something at this point in the year. How did that affect your pregame preparation? Because you came out and put up 10 points since you drafted. Yeah, just a little different. But, you know, something comes up every so often. You just adjust and make the most of it. You got to chase a couple shots on fades early in the game. You guys were able to hit one, got a PI. Uh, is that something you guys had to put in? Was that something you were able to check to? How did you guys get to get to those one-on-one fades for Chase specifically? Yeah, something we talked about uh, this week. And then uh, as we got closer to the game, I just told him, hey, I don't care who's over there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you. Um, you know, so one of those things, I think he's a great player. Um, got a big body, huge catch radius. Uh uh, he's a good player, so just wanted to give him a couple chances. Trevor, what was the biggest difference between the first half and the second half from offensive production? Staying on the field, I think, you know, I think we were okay on third down in the first half, and uh, I don't know the numbers. I didn't look at them, but uh, I'm sure they weren't as good in the second half. Trevor, before the oblique thing, at what point did you know Justin wasn't starting? Today. So, yeah, knew there was a good chance I'd play, but didn't know until today. What was that like in practice this week for you? I mean, you, you get ready to play every week. I think it's a little different because practices are kind of tapered now anyway uh, with the load on guys and some walkthroughs and jog throughs. So, um, I mean, you're ready to play every week, you know, you're a play away. So, uh, you know, maybe towards the end of the week, I was like, oh, shoot, you know, I got to really be ready to go. Um, but, yeah, not, not much different really than any other week. Just to make sure I understand it right. So you got you, – you heard it in pregame work. Right, and then you just decided, like, yeah, I gotta play through this. Come on, yeah, yeah. Mooney's a, a, a guy quarterbacks kind of count on. It seems like around here. Uh, how much did, did not having him outside of one player in the game like this? That that's the biggest difference. But losing him, how much of a factor was that? Just what he does. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, like you said, as a player, uh, terrible. Um, but if you've spent any time with Darnell, he's one of the best dudes in the locker room. So, um, yeah, those that's that's the part of the game that stinks, right? But um, he's a strong dude. Uh, but like I said, you just hate guys like that. You know, when anybody gets hurt, but um, especially Darnell, it's uh, tough to see. What, is, what does this offense lose when he's not in? S- speed, uh, you know, explosive plays, leadership. When you dive for the pylon head first, or dive for the first down head first, are you feeling the oblique when you get up? A little bit. In what you could do physically. <laughs> Danny, what do you think, bro? Yeah, it's just uh, some of the questions make me laugh. Uh, when you dove, when you dove head first for the pylon for a first down, did you feel the oblique? No, no shit. I'm gonna feel the oblique. I mean, if you ever had an oblique muscle, that shit hurts, man, I, and it hurts, it hurts a lot. So, I'm sure I'm. He didn't mention that, but I'm sure he got he got shot up, and I'm sure he was he'll he'll feel it after after the game uh, for sure tomorrow. But uh, uh, just a gutsy performance. I appreciate you know Simeon going out there. Like I said, you know these are veteran quarter backup quarterbacks, right? These these are why this is his job is is to kind of step in there at the last minute. And perform, and I appreciate him saying that. You know what? These guys have been battling for 12 weeks. They're dealing with other stuff that they're out there playing. You know, I'm not gonna let an oblique injury and I got you know warm ups stop me from playing. So I, I do appreciate that. And like I said early on, that first half, 
you know, he was doing a solid job getting rid of the football quickly. You know, it was those first 15 plays that were scripted. You know, it looked like they were on point. They were sharp. Gave Claypool a nice jump ball there at, at, in the first half. Drew, drew the pass interference on, on Sauce Gardner. So I like what he was doing that first half. But unfortunately, like I said, once the offense got behind the chains, the uh, the defensive front for the Jets was able to peel the ears back and go after the quarterback. He you know he was he was at their mercy. And then of course you lose Darnell Mooney, you're you're one of your big play guys on offense that lacks a lot of big play guys. It makes it much tougher for them to perform. So um, you just you know you know it's it's a he's a veteran quarterback that that knows what he how to get prepared and uh, that's what you need him for. You know, that's what these guys are there for. He's been in the year, league for eight years, and um, you know if if the Bears decide to re-up him to bring him back, you know, for next year as a backup to Justin, I'm okay with that as well. Yeah, and Cole Komet was a guy who, you know, in the stat sheet uh, was missing. He did get six targets that sort of under the radar there, but did you guys expect him to be more involved in this passing game uh, today? Because I certainly did. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely, definitely thought he would be real quick, Danny, just because of what we, we've been seeing these glimpses of burst from him throughout over these past couple of weeks um, in blocking and in, down, and in downfield catching. And so he's been shown that even as he can catch the ball. And so that was kind of surprising that the weather has something to do with that. I mean, it, it was a slippery ball today, which is kind of weird. And then you talk about uh, Trevor was talking about how the practices are simulated now. So we don't know how much reps. Those two got together, become a two factor, Danny. Yeah, for me, it's, I I just felt like they, they tried to get commit in the in the uh, in the game earlier. There, there was a couple uh, miscommunication between him and him and um, Simeon. But I think once they started seeing the Jets kind of bring that pressure, they kept them in to, to block a little bit more there. And I think that that's kind of once you once you kept them in a the block, I think that's kind of took him out of the out of the, the pass pass rhythm there as well. So. Again, second half, they, they were just this discombobulated. And one thing that, that's real disconcerting for me, guys, and, and maybe you guys agree, don't agree, is early on in the year, is and again, the Bears had Quinn, the Bears had Warcorn Smith, the Bears had a full complement of their players. But it always seemed like the Bears in the first half defensively would struggle, make adjustments at the halftime, and second half they'd be lights out, solid unit. Now it looks like it's been flipped around. You know, I don't know if it's because of the injuries, the, the traits, a combination of both. But it looks like you know they they give you a solid effort possibly in that first half, but in the second half they just kind of this this you know you know kind of disrupt there and then give up you know points left and right yards left and right. So I don't know if that's something that that again combination of the trades, the injuries, all the above. I'm not, I'm not sure how you guys if you guys feel the same way about that. A combination, Dan. I think that's a combination of all of the above and being out coached respectfully. Um, let's full transparency. That's that's my opinion because like um. Everybody has the same amount. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day to get whoever's playing ready to play. And this is it's moments like this that we find out about those third round, fifth round, sixth round picks. At the end of the day, this is the NFL. Every single player on that team was the best person in their high school, was like one of the best people in their college. So this is your opportunity to like show it. I put this part I put back on the coaches and players are going to do what they do. And so that Danny, that was the alarming part that the second half we couldn't score, that we couldn't, like, stop them, get something. But the Jets, like, the Jets warmed up, in my opinion. They went deeper, in which that's just what I'm saying. I Just by hearing, going to listen to their stuff, I know they're excited about how their quarterback played because I expected Trevor, a healthy Trevor, to come out and at least give us 250 yards because I, I followed Trevor when he was in Denver, and we saw him in a preseason. He's a guy that he can – he will throw – I love what he said. I don't care who's over there. I'm going to throw to you. I like that 
throw to the receiver, throw to the open receiver. That's what that's what quarterbacks do. When you take away all the politics out of it, move the dang chains. That's your job. And so the oblique has to be bothering him. I commend him much respect for like toughing that out and everything. Um, probably that testosterone probably helped out a little bit. But Danny, to, to your point, um, that second half, at the end of the day, I guess talent does show up, but maybe we just got punched in the mouth too much, Aldo. And then speaking of quarterback guys, I, I know I know touch on it real quick there uh, is Justin Fields. Is uh, I don't know how you guys feel, how our listeners feel, but hey, if, if the buys come up after next week. If, if I'll give him Green Bay as well, sit out Green Bay. Now you have three or four weeks to recover. And those are the last four games where he got Philly, Buffalo, Detroit, and Minnesota. If I'm Matt Eberflus, I'm selling this as those are our four last quarter of the, of, the, of the season where we can use those four to kind of springboard us into the offseason and into a, a, a good start of next season. I don't know how you guys think the same way or, or you guys feel differently. Go ahead, Tyler. You first. Okay. Um, I, I don't want Justin to get hurt, Danny. Like, I just can't stress that enough. I don't want to baby him. I don't want to bubble wrap him. But if 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 this is how we're going to play, if we're not going to be aggressive on defense, if we're not aggressive on defense, then we're also exposing Justin, right? Because what are they going to do? They're going to run Justin. They've already, we've already, that's what's happening. Justin is going to run, right? We're not going to get stops on defense. So Justin's going to run more. That's awesome, but yo, we're not getting credit for all these fantasy points. Like that's not helping the Bears like long term. I don't want Justin to take unnecessary hits. I know it's a man's game and I know it's a tough sport and everything, but unless we're gonna like, okay, let's practice what we're gonna do for next season. Let's get Claypool 10 targets. Let's give these guys 10 targets each. Then okay, let's do that. But to have Justin Denny for to answer your question, I hope I wanna rest him. And if Justin's hurt, why? Play, why play a player that's hurt when you have that when you have a healthy quarterback? That just doesn't make sense. That's my opinion. I agree Aldo. with you. I agree with you, Tyler, on that. You know, if he's healthy, play him. If he's not healthy, then don't play him. You know, a part of me would like to see him get shut down for the rest of the season, uh, because this season, from a playoff uh, perspective, it's totally shot. And so, why not try to uh, let other players get their moments? Let Trevor Simeon, you know, become more adept at being the backup quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I just feel at this point he needs to improve his passing game. Justin Fields does. And so if Claypool is is available to go out there, no, probably Mooney is not. But if he's got some weapons, you know, let's get him out there and continue the progression standpoint with Justin Fields. Uh, but uh, I'm torn. <laughs> Danny, to answer your question, I'm really, really torn. What do, what do you yeah. think? I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I want Justin healthy. As long as he's healthy, I, I, I don't baby, bub, baby him. I don't want to put him in bubble wrap. But I, I do not set him out the rest of the year. I do not set him out the rest of the year because he's got this momentum building here. Uh, there are still areas in the, in the game we've touched on in multiple times where he needs to get better at. And once, and I think just giving him, you know, four more shots. If, if for example, if you set him out the next game against Green Bay, give him the buy as well to kind of rest up, and give him the last four games of the season to to go ahead and and, and four more opportunities to kind of you know practice by fire, if you will, right? Get out there and kind of you know, work on his game and get better and better for next season, where you hopefully you are contending for a playoff position. That's what I see. But as long as he's healthy, right? I'm with I'm with you guys. But, I don't want him going out there 80 percent and trying to take on the Eagles or the Buffalo Bills. Well, Danny, he will be. He, 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 he will be 80 percent because he tore soft tissue. That's not healing in two weeks, so he he won't be 100 percent. 
we have to understand. Let's just get that clear right now. That's and it, not I mean, gonna... maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I've got, I was giving them three weeks because I was going to give them the buy as well. Give them this week. Three, <laughs> and, but I, I, I know you. that's like a five week injury, most yeah. likely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he's going to come back and run the football. Right. I, 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 first of all, I want to see Justin play. It's exciting. Like, we right. have a franchise quarterback. Like, it, yeah. I want to see Justin play. He gives us a chance to win. I absolutely love it. But, like, um, hamstring, I think that's not getting any publicity whatsoever. But a shoulder, I mean, we're talking about, like, not just throwing a ball, but when you fall to the ground, our instinct is to put our hands down. That shock alone could, could do something. And like but the fact that he was this close to playing Tyler this week, it, it, which is which is which is which I feel is the warrior part of it, or mm -hmm. that could have been for the competitive benefit, but he shouldn't have been because like he shouldn't have been like just take him out period because he would have played for what? But Danny, with that offense, with that defense, no, no, I, defense, I was I, no, I said it last week. I said don't play him against the Jets. Whatever you do, no. don't play him against the Jets. I even said don't play him against the Packers if you have to. I just give him the full three weeks to to rest up and and get ready to go. I just I just want him to kind of continue his ele elevation, right? Continue his his, his projection upwards. Uh, and and then I I would like to see that last four games where you're facing two playoff bound teams or three playoff bound teams and a resurgent Detroit team. Those are good competition for him and this Bears offense. And again, if if he's minus Mooney, we don't know how serious that is. If he's minus Reef, if he's minus a lot of starters, maybe, maybe it's moot point, right? But it's it's other thing is like you know I want him to go up against those big guys, those big boys, and see how he does against those guys, and that, right. that's going to give him more confidence, give him the offense more confidence, and give the 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 coaching staff a better idea of what they need to do in the offseason to build this complete unit around him. That's what I was looking at. I, I thousand percent agree. That's like that's data. That that's as, it's great data for everybody on the football team. I mean, guys, the Detroit Lions. And my they damn near beat the Buffalo mm -hmm. Bills on Thanksgiving. Like, I, I don't think we can make fun of Don Burr much longer, guys. I don't think I think the I don't think we can make fun of him very much longer. I think the Lions no. are coming. They, they they are coming because guess what? They've been when you're bad for so long. Eventually, these first round, second round picks start to show up when you have good coaching, and that's what happens that's when you have proper proper player development over time. And that's why I'm excited about the Bears. And in 2024. After our rookies from next year, um, get to get acclimated to this, but um, I, obviously perfect world. I would love to see Justin come back next week, beat the Packers. I would, I would love that. That would be awesome. But um, I just don't want this man hurt with this. It'd be different if like if our defense was here, Danny, because with yeah. all those teams, with all those teams, you said those are high powered offenses <laughs> those are high powered offenses Each of but, but i'm not looking i'm not looking to win tyler to be honest with you to fit full transparent i'm not looking yeah, to yeah. win i'm looking for him to play well against those teams and and right. then the offense continue to gel and build around him and then because we know defensively it's going to be a whole restructure of terms of what's going to happen right. i mean other than eddie jackson jalen johnson maybe uh what's the name uh uh, 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 uh samborn Right. I mean, th there are many guys, Dominic Robinson, there are many guys on this defense that are playing right now that uh, Kyle Gordon, you know, Briscoe, whatever, of course, those guys. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of spots to fill on this defense, both yeah. starting and as backup. So you know, that's going to be a total wash for me in terms of just rebuilding. But offensively, I think with Justin, with some of the offensive line, with the Braxton Jones, with Tevin Jenkins, Darnell Mooney, if he's healthy, Cole Komet, you know, 
Claypool, you know, get these guys going and building a, a momentum here at the end of the season against top competition. I think that can uh, just kind of bring their confidence up. And, and then obviously next season, they're now kicking into full gear. We're adding some more reinforcements. So, and just as update for those who are following uh, draft position, the line, the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars won, they were three and seven, the Browns won, they were they three and seven Raven. and another team that was three and seven also won as well. So the Bears <laughs> are, stat- are moving up there on those, on those draft picks, you know? So, so where we, so where we at right now? I think two. Hey, sit, Justin. <laughs> Tyler just went to full tank mode right now. He's like, it's a good thing for everybody. Don't even exactly. show up. Just, just forfeit the game. <laughs> no, he hey, might Before we get out of here, I would just say, before we get out of here, HR had a question regarding Al-Kadim Mohammed. Would he be a better fit as a Sam or Will linebacker instead of an edge mm-hmm. guy? Because the guy is making no impact at all as a pass rusher. Tyler, I know you've played linebacker. Danny, I know you've scouted a million of them. What do you guys think? In my opinion, I think he'd be great in that Will position just because that's that's where um, the coaches said where the defense funnels the, um, that attention to. He's not getting anything as a pass rusher, but he's a, he's a, he's a good tackler that will position in our defense, that's your job. Like, that's where the tackles are going to end up. And so, in my opinion, he would be very decent at that will position. Um, however, but it, but that also goes back to how is he in the zone? We're playing zone. We're not we're not blitzing all the time. We're not doing pressure all the time. So he's going to be asked to do a lot of different things, um, but in that will position. And so he's one of those guys that is on the fence of like because i i do see a complete defensive defensive overhaul i do see a lot of having a young talent starting this year danny for me his best position is on the bench guys he he was a situational <laughs> pass rusher with the colts and that's where he had seven sacks last year and i think that's the role he he he's been he's going to be uh kind of privy to here and going in the future if he's still on his roster because i believe it was a one-year contract with him uh but he's a guy that you know you, he's not going to be a starting defensive end next year when his defense is good so once you have your bookend and he's a guy you could bring in on, on situational pass rushing moments third and long second and long and let him kind of just you know pull his ear back and go after the quarterback because he's not a defensive end, not a starting defensive end. And guys, a quick question, something that has been on my heart for the past couple of weeks. Um, and this is something that I've always noticed in the NFL. Whenever a player is on like a contract year, depending on the organization, they start to use you less. We saw that's how that's what we did with A-Rod. We, we just stopped using them and therefore his numbers are horrible, right? Khalil Herbert is a great guy. And so we, he started to get a nice bulk of the carries um, some years ago, um, a couple of weeks ago. Rightfully so. He's a great spurt, spark. Are we are we giving David Montgomery a good offer to return to the Bears next year? In your I think opinion? So. I, I think so. I would hope so. What do you guys think? I, I, I don't think they're breaking the bank for him by no means. I, I think they, they have a number for him that they, they're willing to bring him back as because they, they love the character. They love the leadership. They love his his bond with, with Justin Fields. Uh, Fields has, has really gotten close with with David Montgomery. I think him those two have, have, have formed a bond off the field and on the field. So I think they'll give him a fair offer. Uh, just a matter of will another team come in and, and overprice the Bears? Because if a team comes in and blows away their Bears offer, obviously if you're Montgomery, you got to take it. You know, you only get these you know, these contracts once in a while. You're a running back. You already come on. You already had an ACL injury before in your career. So, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, not, not ACL, but a major any injury in your career. So, you know, you take it. But I, I think the Bears will give him a fair offer because I think they like him. They value his character. But I don't think they're gonna uh, you know break the bank for him. 
I, uh, Spotrack, the website that monitors player salaries and so forth, has his market value at $9.9 million per season. They use that, you know, they come up with that figure with player comparisons, what other similar players with his results have achieved. That's way too much, I believe. Not way too much, but that's too much, in my opinion, to to uh, sign David Montgomery unless you're signing him to a, cu- a two-year deal. But if you're if you're going to start looking at a three or four year deal, then I think that the average per year should be closer to six million than ten million. Uh, and then, of course, you know you got to weigh in the guaranteed dollars, the salary bonus. You know the guy the guy from a leadership standpoint, from a Chicago Bears standpoint, you want him back. But at the same time, the way this league is now being played. You know, it's it's not a good business decision to yeah. to uh, pay him two million dollars. Yeah. I, I wouldn't pay that. I wouldn't pay that for a running back because because like I said, you can find running backs second, third round of the, of the draft. And I, I just right. I love Montgomery, but I think I think the Bears will give him a fair offer in terms of what they could afford to bring him back at and say, hey, you know, we'd love to have you back. But if you can beat this offer, God bless you. You know, we'll have a great career. But they're not gonna they're not gonna break the bank for Montgomery. No. So let me and let me, so let me ask you guys like a, let me put this advocate real quick. If David Montgomery was giving us Derrick Henry production, would you all still say the same thing? Rephrase that. Uh, 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 yeah, what's if, the question if, again? If, 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 if David Montgomery was giving us the same type of production that Henry, King Henry and Tennessee Titans, if he was giving us those same kind of numbers, would you all still say six, seven million? Yeah, well, no. If if, no. if Derek Henry, a year. Yeah, Derek Henry is is you know I love David Montgomery. He's my guy, but uh, he's not Derek Henry. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so how much would you give Derek Henry a year? And how much is he making right now? Like what, twelve, fifteen million? Although we can't hear you. I don't know if you're on mute. I think you're on mute. Derrick Henry, in my mind, uh, is worth $15 million a year. Let me look up what his salary is right now, and I'll tell you. But that's a special thing player. With, I Montgomery, mean, that- with, um, with, the way, with Henry, is, is that offense is built specifically around him. He is the key guy on that offense. You know, they go as he goes. With Montgomery, it's not going to be that way here, Tyler. It's going to be around Justin Fields. I'm just asking questions. I'm just, I, I know I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting some things out there. But this is but Danny, and, and, but, to, but to that to that notion – if you guys haven't noticed, like this is what I noticed with A-Rod. Understand A-Rod had came off a season where he had a thousand yards, a whole bunch of carries, and then we saw that Matt Knight organization completely depleted his him from the game plan. Not, they're not, David is like just so positive. He's like, man, whatever, the, I don't worry about it. It's going to hands up. David has already shown whatever they give me, I'm going to take pretty much. But guys, I, I've seen play, plays where I'm like, why did they let David run it? First, it was like Herbert giving carries. Then Justin's doing the carries. Like, these hurt. We all say teamwork, 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 kumbaya. It doesn't matter. But when it comes to negotiation time, it goes back to how many touchdowns do you got? How many yards do you got? And so, but all all I'm saying is these touchdowns that are being spread out, if David would have got these opportunities, he could have more leverage. But because they've taken those opportunities away, the, he he has less to work with. That's all I'm saying. Do you are you all noticing that pattern with the NFL as a quote unquote business? 
because in my opinion, I don't think it's fair because we don't like players when they hold out to get whatever they can get, right? We we say we say we say yourself we say you're you're being selfish, but the organization takes away your opportunities to mark up your value. Am I making sense? Well, the, the one, see, I'm looking at kind of flip side there, Tyler. I'm looking at, at they're saying, all right, you know what? You know, we're, we love Monty. We might not resign him. We're not going to just run him to the ground, right? They're, they're putting him with split carries at the time with Herbert. And I, I think they're they're not taking up a lot of traction or putting a lot of traction on his tires or wear and tear on his body, if you will. So mm-hmm. I think that's how I'm looking at it, where the Bears are saying, you know what? You may not be in our future plans, depending on what happens this offseason. So we're not going to just kill you and run you 30 times. And, you know, we're going to, we have Herbert, a, a capable backup who might be our feature back next year. We, we have Darren Evans, who came off the bench today and, and, and provided a little bit of a spark, I think, there as well. They, have, they like the young kid, young kid Ebner as well. So I think they're going to just kind of split those carries and then go with, with Fields taking seven or ten carries a game as well. So I think that's kind of working in, in both favors. And I think Montgomery might be a little bit appreciative of the fact that they're not running him into the ground. So you know we'll see how it is as well. But the, the, the thing about though. I think about Allen Robinson, though, real quick, is is was Matt Nagy wrong? Because what has Allen Robinson done in L.A.? Not much. Um, bro, that whole, that whole offense is horrible. <laughs> that, that, I mean, it's not about – not, forget about L.A. First of all, he's heard Stafford. Cooper Cup is like, still making plays, though, dude. Cooper – that's it. I mean, they were winning and losing with Cooper Cup. Right. Well, we, but Allen Robinson is a proven commodity. Like, I, I, I've just listened to their – I listen to their, like – I've listened to their stuff, and they've gone like, bro, he's not – Stafford was going outside the playbook, not throwing to people. But Allen Robinson, what, what, what Danny, what we're talking about is Allen Robinson went from like 80, 90 yards of reception to like to us not seeing him get three targets, not getting three targets is like, a, like why, what are we doing? We're saying, and then just like we all said in the beginning of the year, um, Darnell Mooney, it's different when you're not, the, it's different when you don't have A-Rod. It's different. It, it's different when you're the number one. All I'm saying is, Herb, we're we saying Herbert. Well, we already seen Herbert take a couple injuries, but I'm not saying loyalty. But David, there was a point in time where David Montgomery was our only bright spot on offense. Our, is, I mean, I know it's a, a different regime, but it's just like, hey, bro, here's five million for what you did for us and what you did for the Bears organization in the past. Here's another seven million for what we hope you to do. David Montgomery on the Rams will be will be like will get like a workload. David Montgomery on the Bills as a starting running back will get a workload. All I'm saying is, because of the because we're spreading it around, are we diminishing his value? Because we're going to spread yeah. the ball around. I just I just don't know the the value of of Montgomery to be honest with you around the league. I mean, the, the, he was open for trade, and and no one offered him more than a six round pick for David Montgomery. So it, it, that's the thing. It's like if the Rams really wanted him, if they thought he was a, you know the missing. I just saying the Rams because we're talking about the Rams here. But if any right. team thought he was the missing piece. They could come in with if they give the Bears a third round pick, they, they could have had David Montgomery if they wanted to. But, but then, but then, but why? But, that, but, that, but Danny, why do that if he's going to be a free agent? Why give up that? I'm asset? saying if you're a winning team and, and you're a running back, if you feel like you're running back away, right? A right. third round pick, like like the Eagles felt like they needed a pass rusher. They got Quinn. They gave up a fourth round pick. You know, uh, the Ravens felt like you know they needed to work on Smith. They gave up a second round pick. If, if you're a contending team, and, and at that point. During a trade deadline, the Rams are still technically in it. You know, if you're if you're a Rams or if you're any team, they can say you're running back away. You come get David Montgomery if you feel he's that kind of a back. But he's he's a solid back, great guy in the locker room, but he's just not dynamic enough to to warrant big contract. I'm and and, and I'm not and I'm not, I'm not saying and I'm not saying ever break the bank. All I'm saying is before the contract part, do you guys notice how they take 
it may be I may be wrong. I'm just a detective by heart. I'm just, I'm just noticing how they just take opportunities away and then the, uh, not not the Bears but the NFL use that to their advantage. Hey, you didn't produce. Well, what do you mean I didn't produce? I'm a team player. I don't care who wins. Remember what they always say? I don't care who scores as long as we win. It seems like all I'm saying is when you're the nice guy, you kind of get crapped on at the end of the process because you're saying, hey, I don't care if I get touched down as long as the Bears win, right? But what I'm saying at negotiation time, you have these many touchdowns, that's it. Right. Like, and, and, then, and unfortunately, Tyler, I've, I've seen, I've seen the player agent aspect of it. Guys. Jesus, let me get a word in, please. <laughs> I ran a poll uh, the other day uh, asking the question, below our four projected market value salaries for 2023 per spot track, which running back would you like to target in free agency for the Bears? Press like for none of the above. Tony Pol- Pollard uh, at uh, uh, $7.7 million. That's what Spotrack is, is, is forecasting he will make in 2023. He got 48% of the vote. David Montgomery with that $9.9 million price tag got 17%. Saquon Barkley at $12 million got 30%. I don't understand that at all. And Josh Jacobs, who I would list second in my opinion, behind Tony Pollard, uh, got f- only less than 5% of the vote. I don't understand the disrespect for Josh Jacobs, other than maybe he's got a lot of wear and tear, but Saquon Barkley has a lot of wear and tear. There's no way I would pay $12 million for Saquon Barkley. I like the value pick at Tony Pollard. Bring him in with Justin Herbert. Draft another quarterback, on, uh, excuse me, running back on day three, and we've got a, a, a really nice running back room. What do you guys think? I voted for Tony Pollard on, on your on that poll there, and that that's the guy. <laughs> you know, I, I I think he'll get more than seven point seven million. I know that that's what they're projecting, but I think he'll get in the near to nine, maybe nine million, maybe ten. Because I think some team will see him as a potential feature back guy who can give you you know multiple touches, like kind of like a McCaffrey, a guy who can be in a, a threat in in the slot as a receiver, a guy who can flank out of the backfield, a guy who can also run hard as as a running back. So I think he's going to get more closer to that nine ten million range than seven point seven, but if we're just going, going what, off of this what, track here, I, I would go Tony Pollard all day at seven point seven million. A nice one-two combination with Khalil Herbert give you a guys that that can that can run that can, are perfectly made for that stretch zone run uh, offense where they can have a nice cutback ability, the vision to be able to cut back, plant, and go and take off, uh, as opposed right. to a, a guy like Jacobs or even a guy like Montgomery because they're more physical in between the tackle runners. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would go Tony Pollard. Uh, what? Danny, so, so Danny, so Danny, you gonna give? So you would give Tony Pollard more money, as right as than David Montgomery? No, no, it's 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 less money than Montgomery. Oh, less money. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, because so uh, Montgomery was supposed to make nine point nine million. Okay, okay, okay. I about to say what? Because that guy, I've seen David like refuse to go down. Like I've seen this guy with relentless effort, and and like and then sometimes we gotta we gotta scheme has to come into play, like just like Tony Pollard is getting those passes wide open. Let me when has David Montgomery ever gotten like wide open like space? He's like he was the offense, like he was the offense, like it was all hands on deck. And so okay, that makes sense. I would love Tony Pollard here, but not 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 to get rid of David. Yeah, but uh, Tyler, the thing with runners like David 
Montgomery, these bruising backs, the wear and tear on them is so much higher than it is for a Tony Pollard than it is for a Khalil Herbert. And so that's why, you know, you got to kind of look at it from that standpoint. These bruising backs, their shelf life is just a lot shorter. I'd hate to bring in David Montgomery. And again, as much as I love him and again, and, and as much as I want every NFL player to get as much money as possible, because they're the ones putting their lives out there, but they're the one putting their bodies out there. I still, from a business standpoint and knowing there's a salary cap got to be careful about giving money to guys who are just in in that uh, uh, physical aspect of the game like running backs and then one thing tyler you're touching earlier but in terms of like you know the, the teams uh, kind of saying all right well you know you you didn't score that many touchdowns you don't you know kind of kind of you know knocking down players in negotiation the, I, i've seen it from the player side in terms of the negotiations it's 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 dirty the nfl is very dirty in terms of business and they will cut you in in a heartbeat if you're not producing for them and if they can save money by going a different direction whether it's a young draft pick or it's a younger player so it, it's right. a it's a shitty crappy business that's why i never ever fault a player for getting taking the most money offered always do what's best for yourself always what's do best for your family i don't care if you you played in chicago for 10 years or 12 years if a team's coming in and blowing you away you take it and you run because you only get those certain offers once in a lifetime and the, the team that that would you know that's not showing you the loyalty well you know you, you don't show those back to them as well so that's why for if and any player gets more money and they, they go and not the better opportunity I never begrudge them. I always say, God bless you and, and good luck in, the, in your next home or next, you know, in the future. That's fair. I want to tackle one, I want to tackle one more topic here uh, before we start closing the doors here on this episode of Bear Football. Um, Danny and I saw Kendall Vildor down at the Senior Bowl. We were both impressed with the way he progressed as the week went on down at the Senior Bowl. This is a 2019, I want to say, uh, a Senior Bowl. And so we had high expectations with him, and we've talked to a number of scouts, including Greg Gabriel and including the executive director of the Senior Bowl. And they said, don't give up on this guy. He's going to make it. I am starting to give up. Danny, your thoughts first, and then Tyler. I'm, I'm not giving up totally on, on Kendall Wilder. I mean, I think I think the the uh, and him as an outside corner, I think, is something that we need to kind of look at, right, in the offseason. I, I think he's a guy – I've been saying this for a couple of years, and, and, the, and the Bears coaching staff don't believe so, but I think he's a guy – better suited maybe moving in inside as a slot corner he's 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 better off against these shifter quicker receivers on the yard against and these big guys on the front and get more physical with them and kind of push him out of the way today we saw you know Garrett Wilson he held Garrett Wilson in the end zone and Garrett Wilson still was able to toss him aside and get open and get, and get that touchdown so you know I think him on the outside making a living is something that, that we, we can't really afford anymore I think we've seen him not kind of be successful there. Moving him inside versus quicker, shiftier receivers is probably where I would I would see Kendall Vildor in the future. He's not a guy I'm ready to give up on. I mean, I think he still has a place on his team, plays on his roster. Even if he's, he's as a third or fourth corner on the roster, I still would like him there because, like I said, he's a guy that will – you know, he's, he's, he plays with, he's not a big guy, but he plays with some physicality, doesn't mind putting his head in there and, and making a tackle. He'll give it his all, uh, but he just physically might be outmatched in terms of on the outside as a cornerback, probably more suited, best suited for the inside, like I've been saying for the last couple of seasons. Um, I agree to the, I, I agree to aspect keep on the team. I like the fact that he's made, um, he's made the most of his opportunities, Aldo, in my opinion. He battles. He's a guy that battles when guys go down. Sure, keep him on the team. Do should he be the starting quarter cornerback for the Bears next year? No, respectfully. 
because with all these assets, when's the last time the Bears had, like, I just love the, the dynamic. What if we get another, like, second-round pick DB? Nah. <laughs> the, the type of division that we're in, like, Minnesota is warming up again. Freaking, like, Detroit. And, like, we don't – the Packers, whoever the quarterback's going to be, but the – like, if we're if we're in a division where we have to go against top wide receivers, um, one, two, and three. When like why leave a unknown variable? We know what he is at this point. I'll do my opinion. I feel like we know who he is. He's scrappy. He's not scared. That's awesome. He has all the traits to be on the team. But I feel like we the Bears, the Bears during this off season are going to be in a position to get some really a great talent. In my opinion, via free, via free agency or the draft, uh, and I expect a nice defensive overhaul on every single level. But, like, with nine picks, nine or eight picks in the draft coming up, like, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at with it. Like, he could be third string, fourth string, like Danny said, kick him inside. But out of, I'm looking, wait, what if we get a six-foot-six strong DB? <laughs> that would be all amazing. Uh, all right. Uh, at, let's go around the horn and get final thoughts on whether it's this performance or whether uh, it is uh, a, um, what your expectations are for the game next week against the Green Bay Packers, whatever is on your mind. And I'll start with you, Danny. This performance, I think you can just kind of chalk it up to just, you know, uh, not having Justin Fields, you know, players left and right, defense and offense falling out, you know, getting injured. So in terms of next week, again, my, my thing I talked about earlier is if Justin's healthy, I'd play him. But if he's not healthy, if he's at 80 percent and we've kind of rent those earlier, you know, I would sit Justin out another game and just let him get full three weeks of recovery and have him come back for a final four stretches of a uh, final four stretches game of the season and see how I can take off from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, without Justin on the field guys, there's not much really to look forward to Jack Sanborn, another solid game, 15 tackles, 10 at the half. Um, you know, he's a guy that continues to kind of show that he belongs here at, at, at this level as a middle linebacker, possibly even a strong side linebacker. We'll see how that goes, but yeah. And, and then, you know, defensively again, another vanilla, you know, non, you know, uh, exciting uh, play call by, by the defensive staff, Alan Williams, you know, defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflew is the head coach. You know, you guys are, are I know I understand you guys don't have the talent. You guys are lacking uh, some injured players, but you got to do something, create some excitement, create a possibility of turnover. You might get burned with, with, with the blitz here and there, but you're getting burned by sitting back and covered. So, you know, you're facing Aaron Rodgers again next week, you know, here at Soldier Field. So, Hopefully you do something there where you can come out with, with some sort of a, a competitive game plan versus, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFC. Um, final thoughts. I want to say I would love for us to beat the Packers. They've had their own struggles over the past couple of weeks. They're definitely a team that's beatable. Um, they're not like, they're not like definitely impenetrable in any aspect of it. But at the same time, they do have wide receivers stepping up. Um, but I'm with Danny. Um, rest Justin. I'm with rest Justin, but if Justin wants to say freaking, let me go punch Aaron Rodgers in the face. If, if Justin feels play, we, we freaking better win because it's all deck on the table, but I won't be mad if we sit him down. And so just the outlook, I just – I know the coaching staff is gathering data. There's no point to get upset over these losses. We currently have the number two draft pick. That kind of excites me. Next week I'll ask Danny where we're we going with that pick. Is that offensive line? Is that too high for offensive line? That's what like I'm what do we do with that pick? <laughs> That's what I want to ask Danny right now. And so um, but um all all in all, um we'll we'll be here either way, win, lose, or draw. It'll be really, really dope to beat the Packers. And um and that that's it. It's 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 Packer week. 
But um, at the same time, we're depleted Bears defense, and the Packers are trying to do whatever it takes to make it to the playoffs. And so it would be great to play spoiler, and we're excited about it. I can't tell you how much I hate Aaron Rodgers. It's it, And this isn't something that I used to say years ago because I was so in awe of his talent and appreciate great quarterbacking play, and that's what he delivered. But over the last two, three years, he's just become a nuisance. The way he's playing politics, the way he's playing the media, the way he's, he thinks he's a narcissist, and, and I've gotten sick of that. And the fact that he's bragging about taking some – uh, psychothera- uh, psychotropic drug and young kids are listening to that and may want to try ayahuasca because of Aaron Rodgers. I just now dislike the guy so intensely that this game next Sunday is my Super Bowl. I want to beat the Packers and I hope that it's Justin Fields beating Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I'm sick and tired of the dominance that team and that quarterback and the previous idiot quarterback that they had have had over the Chicago Bears. So that's what I'm hoping for most and foremost. I would love it if Justin Fields came in and we beat the Packers 31 to whatever. And then you you can go ahead and mothball Justin Fields the rest of the season. <laughs> that's how I feel as a as a fan, that's how I feel. And uh tomorrow it'll be uh, Greg Gabriel and myself in the afternoon uh, will be talking about this game and also looking forward. Greg has also started to provide little morsels of draft information because he's been studying some teams for uh, some, some players for uh, a client. And then th- later this week, Danny and I are planning a, uh, a, a, a bare truth show. So we'll look at some tape and, and, and talk more. And then of course, Next week, it'll be the three of us. Uh, John Buffon has one more week off, so the three of us will be back after that Packer game, and hopefully Tyler, Danny, and myself are toasting a win over the Green Bay Packers. Guys, you are the absolute best. Uh, Really enjoy doing these with you and filling in for John Buffon. I will let everybody know that you can catch this on a replay on audio podcast and all of our live programming. The best thing to do is subscribe to the Barroom Network's YouTube channel, and you'll get alerts on whatever device you use, and uh, then you can join us in the chat room. And thanks to everybody in the chat room. You guys are fantastic. So for Danny, Kyler, myself, take care, everybody.